You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're going we're gonna to have a video in just a couple of moments. It's about two minutes long. Um, but, but this morning, what I felt to, to talk about a little bit was returning to one of our five heart attributes as a church, um, which is enlarging, which it was the first heart attribute that we talked about um, back in May. And, and I really think that it's important that we revisit these heart attributes throughout the year, um, simply because they are really the vision of the church. And so we want to keep these things at the forefront of our, of our hearts so that, so, that we, so that we are really living, um, living these heart attributes that God has really put on our hearts for the church. And so um, this, this heart attribute about enlarging is, is being a people who bring good news um, of Jesus to others. That's this heart attribute, which I just think, you know, there's always debates in sometimes in churches, what's more important, telling people about Jesus or discipling them. And some churches, you know, just seem to go all 100% this way for just discipling and a whole bunch, and you know, another church may go 100%. We just need to tell Jesus. And I think perhaps there's a balance in it. But the bottom line is, is I think that um, Christ came to, um, so that people would, would encounter him and meet with him and that their lives would radically be changed. And I want to be a part of doing that, um, you know, doing what Christ called us to do. Um, you know, this, it's all about reaching out and, uh, enlarging the kingdom of God. That's what really we've been called to do. And so, um, you know, there's many different ways to do this, but this morning I felt to, to kind of talk about um, enlarging the kingdom by being people of hope, by being people of hope. So um, I know Tom's back there and he's going to press play on this video and then I'll come back up in a couple minutes. I am part of a lost generation and I refuse to believe that I can change the world. I realize this may be a shock, but happiness comes from within is a lie, and money will make me happy. So in 30 years, I will tell my children they are not the most important thing in my life. My employer will know that I have my priorities straight because work is more important than family. I tell you this, once upon a time, families stayed together. But this will not be true in my era. This is a quick-fix society. Experts tell me 30 years from now, I will be celebrating the 10th anniversary of my divorce. I do not concede that I will live in a country of my own making. In the future, environmental destruction will be the norm. No longer can it be said that my peers and I care about this earth. It will be evident that my generation is apathetic and lethargic. It is foolish to presume that there is hope. And all of this will come true unless we choose to reverse it. There is hope. It is foolish to presume that my generation is apathetic and lethargic. It will be evident that my peers and I care about this earth. No longer can it be said that environmental destruction will be the norm. In the future, I will live in a country of my own making. I do not concede that 30 years from now, I will be celebrating the 10th anniversary of my divorce. Experts tell me this is a quick-fix society, but this will not be true in my era. Families stayed together once upon a time. I tell you this, family is more important than work. I have my priorities straight because my employer will know that they are not the most important thing in my life. So in 30 years, I will tell my children, money will make me happy is a lie, and true happiness comes from within. I realize this may be a shock, but I can change the world. 
and I refuse to believe that I am part of a lost generation. So, um, pretty. I, when when we when it talks about lost generation, I, I I don't necessarily think just a generation that is probably the age of this young girl that spoke this. I really th- I think of it as a generation of people like where we're a generation, right? We're we're one big generation. Um, you know, when I first watched this video, I thought, wow, this is really clever. Um, how how these somebody kind of came up with this idea and very uber creative, right? And uh, but you know, as as I began to watch it a bit more, and and I, I I realized that you know there's more to this message, obviously, that you guys picked up on than just this creative uh, bent to with words. Um, she says, "I will not accept this idea that the future will be you know it's like almost doom and gloom." That's what she is basically saying, right? But that it can be um, f- like full of life. It can be hopeful. Um, but yet, at the same time, she says, but we must do something about it. We can, in a, in a sense, just accept the way things are, or we can say, no, we're going to do something about it. And uh, the other day, I was was at the hospital in, in Brighton, and... Uh, through a series of events, basically Tyler got an email from another pastor that said there's a gentleman in the hospital. Um, would, you, would you guys be willing to go see him because you're really close to the hospital? So I went there, and uh, or Tyler gave me the email, and so I went in and, and, and saw him. I saw him a couple of times, and basically um, both times that I was there, he was very, very, um, just wasn't very positive at all. Lots of things had gone really wrong in his life. And, uh, and so he had just gotten to a point where just everything was doom and gloom. Everything was just terrible. And he just, one thing after another, after another, he just kind of shared with me all of the things that are going wrong. And it's in those moments when you could very easily go, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I see that happening. Yeah. Right? You can do that. You can kind of get on board this sort of, this idea of doom and gloom and, and this whole idea of that, yeah, just things are getting worse and worse and worse. But in that moment, it was like, no, I need to speak hope into this situation. You know, and he talked about how his life really was just, his faith in God was just really on thin ice. And, um, and it was like, so I had a choice in that moment. I was either going to, to, in a sense, make the ice thinner, right? Or I was going to try and thicken that ice by speaking hope into his life. And so, so I was able to share a little bit with him, did a lot of listening more than speaking, um, which is kind of on a side note, in the, in the fall, the church is wanting to be launching in Brighton more of this thing called community chaplaincy. And it's where we're going to be going into people's homes and setting up areas where people can come and just speak to us. And we're not necessarily counseling them or anything along those lines. We're just listening to where they're at and how they're doing and just being that that care and just showing compassion and love to just the people in the Brighton area. And so, but anyway, so this is kind of like, I'm at the hospital and just this guy's sharing different things with us and or with me and I had that that opportunity, yeah, to speak hope into the situation or just kind of come alongside him and just sort of 
join in on this sort of, um, I don't say this disrespectfully, but pity party, so to speak. And so, um, so anyways, I, uh, I just found that, yeah, we have these choices that we need to make when we're doing life with people, to speak hope or to just carry on with maybe the hopelessness that they might be in. Um, you know, if I, I guess if I stood here this morning and I said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this world, you guys would think I'm crazy, I'm losing it. And, and rightly so. There are a lot of things that are going on in our world that are not that great. But what's equally as crazy is when, when followers of Christ think that they can't be a part of creating a better world. Because I really believe there is an element of followers of Christ that believe that they can't make a difference in this world. And so I think that's just as equally as crazy if I was to say, there's nothing wrong with our world. Something that, that I've kind of lived by, and it's, a, it's an old Compassion Canada um, quote, and it's something like this. I could have messed it up, but I myself may not be able to, I myself may not be able to change the world, but I can change the world for one. And I know when I was in that hospital room, I felt like this is my one. Today, this is my one. I may not be able to change all the other things that are going on in Brighton today, but I can change this guy's perspective today if I just speak hope into the situation that he's in. And I had an opportunity to go back to him, and I was able to bring him a few things. He was just kind of in a place where he had nobody, and so I was his somebody. And so I decided I wasn't just going to be Julian, but I was going to bring Christ into the situation. And so just kind of showed him love in a real practical way by, by bringing him some toiletries and different things like that that he needed. You know, a few years ago, I was uh, back in Canada. I was a part of a program called Get Real. And in this program, it was for year eight students. And so for one, lunch, sorry, for one whole day, they would split the grade eight students. Um, some grade eight students would come on the Tuesday and, and the other group of grade eight students would come on the Wednesday or whatever it was. And during that program, there was a lot about bullying and different things like that. But one of the big things that they did was it was called cross the line. And so they had all of the students line up across the gymnasium and one person um, would say a, a line. And if, if you... If you had experienced that or that related to you or whatever it might be, you would walk across the gym to a line and then you'd walk back. And so some of the questions were like, um, you went 24 hours without food because there was no way you could get food. You have been bullied. You are from a um, single parent home. Your dad abused you. Your... Um, You've been pressured to do things that you didn't want to do. Um, so, and some of the things get really quite, not detailed necessarily, but pretty like no grade eight student should walk the line and come back. It's just that kind of thing. And so these students would, would walk the line. Like, for example, I know somebody that committed suicide. So they would walk the line and then they'd walk back. And it was sobering at times how many students would walk across the line. I mean, you had about 150 students, or sorry, about probably about 80 students, and in some cases, all of them were walking across. 
you have been called this, you've been called that, you've been pressured to do this, like I said. Um, just lots of things, things that would really target the girls in the room and things that really targeted the boys in the room. And so, like I say, this one was about, um, do you know somebody that committed suicide? And so afterwards, that girl with a few other people um, were in my group that I was sort of kind of leading. And so this one girl started saying how she had a friend that committed suicide. And so, and it was their minute or two minutes to kind of talk. And nobody said anything. You just listened. And so she said, yeah, I, um, I'm agnostic. I believe in a higher power, but I don't believe in God. And I said, well, why? And so she said, well, my, my friend committed suicide. And, um, and the reason why she committed suicide was because she decided that she, she, she decided that she liked girls and not boys. And so when the boys found out about this, they made her life really, really miserable. And she just figured there was no other way out but to take her life. And she goes, and I knew my friend, or I was kind of with my friend in this, in this time. And I, I prayed because I had heard at some point from somewhere, from someone, that this is what you should do. And I felt like God didn't intervene. And so now I don't believe that he exists. It's good rationale in, in some ways. And so I was like, okay. So because of the kind of the setting of this day, it wasn't a place where I could begin to share a lot of things about my faith. And so after that, I was like, oh man, this is brutal. So again, being in a smaller community, I was like, okay, Lord, line up an opportunity for me to see this person outside of this setting so that I can just share my faith or whatever it might be. And so the day came. And uh, we bumped into each other somewhere. And I was able to kind of just say to her, um, you know, I guess, what was a few things. Um, I was able to say, I guess, God, this kind of the real basic one, God loves you. You know, God cares about you. And you may not have felt that he was there in that moment for when you called out to him. But I really believe that God set it up for me to be in that group. And God set it up for me to kind of see you in this moment and God set this up and and we were just able to kind of talk things through and I was able to share some stuff with her and in that moment I was hoping for this magnificent sort of like transformation to happen in her life and it didn't but I do know in that moment that I was able to share hope with her I do know that I was able to bring a different perspective on her view her kind of reality and that was bringing the hope of Christ into her life. And, uh, and I guess at the end of it all, I, um, I just came to a place where it was like, I want to make sure that in my life, no matter how messed up somebody's life is or how pretty their life looks, no matter how ugly it is or how put together it is, I want to make sure that I'm a person that brings hope into people's lives. I want to make sure that whatever the situation Whatever's going on, I bring hope into that situation. And I also kind of got to the place that I would do whatever it takes to make sure that when somebody is lost, when somebody does have questions, when somebody does um, need that, that, in a sense, Christian influence, that we would be those people that would be there in those moments. Because sometimes people say, like, where was God in that situation? And it's like, Sometimes I would, I think the better question is where were we in that situation? Because I believe God has called us to be those sorts of hands and feet in those situations. 
Not that we in and of ourselves are able to answer their prayers, but we are able to be, you know, sort of like God in person um, with these individuals. And we can't make that happen. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like we can try to make ourselves available as much as possible, right? So, um, I believe we, we would all agree that we are living in troubled times. We are living in difficult times. We're living in, you know, evil times, twisted times. Um, we are living in, in challenging times. But at the same time, I really believe that we are living in an opportune time to make a difference. I really think we are. Um, the Apostle Paul said, We have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption. Sorry, yeah, who, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's out of Colossians 1, sorry. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. We have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then he goes on to say that it is in this that we find true hope. Colossians 1.27, Christ in me, Christ in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have hope because of Christ, and we've been called to take that hope and to... Um, to basically be hope to other people. When the Apostle Paul received these words from God, he was disclosing a mystery, a secret, and the secret at that time was revolutionary. And you know, sometimes I think it's revolutionary to us because we've kind of missed that, that whole aspect that we are to be hope to other people. But it was revolutionary at that time. The gospel, the hope of salvation through Christ was not just for Jewish people, but for the Gentiles as well. It was for everyone, right? That's what was taking place. It was like, this is not just for a select few people. This is for every single person you come into contact with. He was saying everyone can receive the gift of eternal life. And, um, you know, maybe equally as important, he was saying to those that have given their lives to God. We are now responsible to partner with God and be hope givers. He was saying, you now have this responsibility. When we come to that place of accepting Christ, we now have this responsibility to go and be hope givers to other people. Verse 15, it says, Jesus, or he, is the image of the invisible God. And, you know, it's like we are to be like Christ. That's what we're to be. We're to be a visible expression of who he is. That's, that's, that's our role, is to be a visible, visible expression of who he is. And, you know, sometimes, hear me out on this, I think maybe we should stop believing in Jesus and start being like Jesus. It's a bit of a play on words. I still think we need to believe in Jesus. Hear me out. But I think maybe more importantly is you can believe in Jesus, but not be like Jesus. Right? But he's called us to be like him. And we, that's what we're called to be, is to be like him in 
our world. And so that's just a thought. Like I say, I want you to still believe in him, but sometimes I think maybe equally as important, it's about being like him. So as Christians, we need to stop simply, you know, hanging on, hoping that God will rescue us quickly from this earth. But we are to be like this girl in this video that I saw it as her being a hope giver, a change agent. That was, in a sense, what she decided. She said, I'm not going to accept it for this way, but I'm going to change things. I'm going to, I'm going to do what, I'm going to do my part in this whole situation to make things better. Second Peter 3 9 says that God is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. There's a few more words up there, but basically, God's not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And you know, you know, I'm aware that, that everyone may not come to repentance. I'm, I'm aware of that. But this is God's hope, is that everyone would come to repentance. And I know for me, I've decided that I don't want to be the one that in a sense um, decides who and who won't follow Christ. I don't mean in the sense that, that I make that decision because I know that it's the work of the Holy Spirit that changes a person's heart. It's not Julian. It's not us. But we make ourselves available. We live Christ in our community. And the Holy Spirit comes in and makes the change. But I also know that after that moment with that, you know, with, with that group where that, you know, there was boys and there was girls and in particular this one girl began to share with our group what was going on. I also know that I could have left that situation and just carried on with life. But I said, no, God lined something up, right? That was kind of, so it's like I recognize that it's Holy Spirit that does the work, that actually transforms the life, right? God made it happen, but in a sense, we're it. We're the ones that God has called now to be that hope to other people. And so we have that responsibility. The demand on my life, our lives, is to bring hope to everyone that we come into contact with. And, and as I mentioned, we are living in challenging times. So, but I believe that it's important for us not to, to shrink back, but to step up. And I believe that as, as things are getting darker, perhaps, then that gives us an opportunity to shine brighter. Right? I mean, I guess it all, it all depends on your perspective. Some people will say, well, no, I see things getting way better depending on who you talk to you. And, I see, and other people may say, oh no, I see things getting way worse. And sometimes I don't know if that's the debate. I just think the, the, the purpose or our purpose needs to be, I'm going to do whatever it takes to just bring hope into people's lives no matter what's going on. You know, if it is getting darker, then we do get to shine brighter. Because if you are to go into a room that's absolutely pitch black and then you shine a light, right? I mean that is going to seem like a really, really, really bright light. But if you're obviously in a room like this and I turn on a flashlight or a torch, it's obviously not going to seem that bright. And so God's called us to like to engage into those dark places, to engage into people's lives where it just seems completely hopeless and bring that light of Christ so that they can get a, a fresh infusion and sense of hope and purpose in life. 
You know, um, just the other day we were, uh, and I'm not saying that politics is a dark place, but the other day we had a, a, a lead team um, kind of planning meeting, and uh, and one of the things that came up was about seeing seeing Christians, seeing seeing maybe you guys here today, somebody in this room, maybe somebody in the Brighton campus, getting more involved in politics, getting more involved in being that person that that is is um, going to start bringing you know a different perspective into things, bringing hope into things, bringing life into things, bringing bringing God's perspective into things. You know where there may not be anybody sharing or speaking about you know the word or the truth of the gospels, but you could be that person. And you know. Some, sometimes we feel completely inadequate to do those sorts of things, but I believe God is raising people up to be put in those positions of, of authority, put in those positions of influence so that they can make, you know, so that God can use them in those situations to do a great work. And, um, you know, some of you I know are, you know, just involved in, in your, maybe in your students or your, sorry, your son or daughter's school or whatever it might be, but, Putting yourself into positions where you can bring in a different perspective, that you can bring influence and uh, and maybe change the way things are being done, and uh, and I think that's one way we can bring hope. I think that's one way you can bring light into dark situations. We are living in a time where we have an opportunity to stand up and model um, a kingdom lifestyle. In a sense, reversing the mold people think they have to subscribe to. And dispense the kingdom of God. I mean, how many times do you think people have, are just at a place in their lives where they just accepted that video on the, as it was scrolling down? Yeah, this is just the reality. This is just the way it's going. There is no hope for me. This is just a generational thing in my family. So it's just that's the way it's going to be for me. I'm just going to live this sort of standard of life, and most likely I'll have a wife or two, or you know, or a husband, or you know, like. It's just something that people, in a sense, accept. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? It doesn't have to be that way. Christ can bring that change. So we're to dispense the kingdom of God. We're to dispense hope. You know, it says, I will live in a country of my own making. Again, this isn't this, isn't this kind of... Um, it's not us going and just saying, we're going to do whatever we want. It's about... Saying, God, you've called me for such a time as this. This is my opportune time to shine bright in this nation. And I am able to make see those changes happen as you would desire them to happen. God's called us to do great things. And I think when we do great things, it's only a, an amazing reflection on him. Right? It's like, it's, it's, God wants us to do incredible things. He really does. Because it only reflects like how how awesome how amazing how good he is if we just sit back and do nothing what does that say about our maker if we just choose to do nothing what does that say but when we choose to do something and we step up to what god's called us to do it just only brings glory to his name and makes him famous makes him known even more You know, I don't believe that in and of ourselves we have the ability. But because of Christ in us, the hope of glory, we have that ability. And I think that is what's so important here. We are givers of hope 
And when people are infused with hope, our, neighbor, our neighborhoods, our communities, and our nations will look different. You know, we've seen that even in our church just, just recently, right? With people coming to Christ and all of a sudden there's, there's new hope in their lives and things are changing and things feel better and, and it's like there's a new perspective on things. Because we have been people that have gone out and said, we, we want to share with you the hope of Christ. We want to share with you his love. We want to share with you just all of his goodness. And things change. So today, the first slide there was, um, there was a, a, a dispenser. And uh, I couldn't find a candy dispenser. But I did find, this isn't a Nutella jar. It's a different type of chocolate spread. So I had to make my own. But in this jar is, there's some Maltesers, there's some Skittles, there's some Smarties. I was going to put peanut M&Ms in there, but I thought that may not be a good idea in case if anybody's allergic to them. So I didn't do that. But these are all things that are really pleasant to eat. Most of us would agree. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are really good. Oh, that's a serious dispense right there. So, I love Smarties. But maybe more, I love Maltesers. Maltesers are not very popular in Canada. So I've really appreciated being here. (laughs) Simply because of the Maltesers. No. But you know, these are really pleasant to eat. And so, the question I have been asking myself lately is, when you're out and about, when I'm out and about, what am I dispensing? What am I dispensing? When, when you cross paths with, with others, and others cross paths with, with you, what are you dispensing? Right? What are you dispensing? When people, you know cross paths with you, do they they leave inspired and refreshed? But maybe most of all, do they leave hopeful? Because again, like that guy in that hospital room that I went and spoke to, I had a choice. I was able to just kind of go along with how he was doing, or or I had an opportunity to speak hope. So I decided to leave that time with him feeling a little bit more hopeful than he was when I first got there. And I think that's all we need to do. You know, when, when you leave people and they've been in a challenging or a difficult circumstance, do they know where to turn? And I, I get that just, you know, if you just happen to meet somebody for the very first time or there's something going on, I understand that maybe that's not the opportune time to share your, your whole story and the salvation message and I, I get that. I understand that sometimes it takes time to build that relationship, to build that rapport, to to kind of like really, um, it takes time to, maybe it's, it's important to invest into somebody's life before they, in a sense, maybe just feel like a project or you just got to do your, your Christian thing and share with them the gospel and, and leave it at that. I, I get that. I understand that. But I also believe that God has opportune times for us. And I also believe that even though we may not be sharing our faith, even though we may not be sharing our story, even though we may not be sharing the gospel message with people, we still can speak hope into situations. We can still kind of say, 
you know, bring a different perspective into their situation. And so, um, so this isn't about, hey, we need to leave the church right now. We just need to find somebody and just share our faith with them. If that happens, bonus. But my point is, is that when we are out and about, what are we dispensing? Are we dispensing love and hope? Are we dispensing compassion? Are we dispensing joy? Are we dispensing, you know, um, I guess, are we dispensing hope? We were designed to be the great dispensers of heaven. God called us to dispense heaven on earth, to, to bring truth into people's life and bring hope. I believe the glory of God has been deposited in people. And I, I think we need, to, we need to help them see that. God has called people to do amazing things. And some people have not yet seen that because they, they just aren't able to tap into it. But they'll be able to tap into that amazingness that, that's in them because of Christ when we begin to show them what God has called them to. And we, we have that privilege to sort of see that happen in people's lives. Maybe, Dave, I could call you up to play a little bit of um, music. You know, I've, I've been, quite often I, I'll, I'll spend time just in the Gospels. Sometimes I read the Gospels um, in such a way like I've never read them before. Like I've read them for the first time. It's a good thing to do sometimes because you, you sort of remove all of your preconceived ideas and you just totally hear what Christ is saying through the Gospels. And obviously he stirs things up quite often. But something that I find very, very often often as well is that he always leaves people feeling hopeful. You think of all of the different healings that took place. You think of all of the different things, words that he spoke into people's lives. People left hopeful when, or full of hope, when they encountered Christ. And, um, and I believe God's called us to do the same. He's called us to be people that would, that would bring hope into people's situations. That when they leave our sort of presence, that they would go, something feels different. I didn't just meet with an ordinary person. I met with somebody that's carrying something different than, than what most people are carrying. And that would just be Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? Um, where to declare this message of hope and I just encourage each and every one of you even as Tyler said earlier you know sometimes in the summer months it's uh, we kind of like just kind of relax a little bit and that's important I can't wait to take some time to just chill and relax but at the same time it's like I know that I have this 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 call on my life and you guys have this call on your life that no matter what you're doing whether you're on holiday whether you're just visiting with people whether you're in the in just in the same routine as work that you are people of hope and it, you you are able to bring hope into anybody's situation at any given moment you just have to ask God and just walk in that kind of posture of God I'm a hope giver I'm not just this guy or this girl, but I'm a hope giver in my in my community, in my neighborhood, to my neighbor. Let's just stand together and uh, 
just as these guys lead us in one more one more song um, and joy, of course, my my heart in this again this message is just that that we would just walk in the fullness that God has for us and that we would take that fullness that he has for us and we would introduce it to other people that they would see that that their lives can be completely turned around when they encounter God and uh, my desire is that that we would see the kingdom of God advance that we would see the kingdom of God grow that we there would be an enlarging taking place but I really believe that that takes that really takes place when we begin to speak when we begin to be real like people of hope so in this in this uh, in this last song would you just take time to pray and to say God give me boldness give me the courage remind me that I'm a person of hope that I have an ability to dispense hope because of the hope of Christ that's in me I've encountered the living God and now I'm going to do whatever it takes for other people to encounter the living God Amen? Amen. Go ahead, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.